in the second week of a new series uh, that we're calling Characters. And basically we're going through all of the strange, weird support characters, the B actors, if you will, uh, of the Bible. The people that kind of, they don't get enough screen time and yet they move the story along. So today we're gonna be focusing on a really special character to my heart um, and his name is Simon, uh, Simon the Tanner. Uh, we're gonna get into who he was and why a tanner was a super weird profession at that day uh, and why people who were involved with any sort of religious stuff shouldn't have gone near him. Um, and it's gonna be super fun. Uh, but more than that, I just wanna talk about life. Uh, so let me pray for us and we're gonna get into what we're gonna get into this morning. Let's pray. God, I'm just so grateful for this morning, uh, for the time that we have to dive into your word, to dive into um, who you are and talk about things that literally matter the most. Uh, I just pray that um, we could have a dialogue here and a conversation and that we could be uh, fed by this. Amen. So, uh, life, right? Life is a big thing. We're all living one, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> but life, life is something that we all go through and it has its beginning and it has its end. Um, and it's something that I think if we're not talking about here in church, uh, where are we talking about it? You know, we go through life and we kind of pretend that it doesn't have an end, right? Especially in L.A. We do everything we can to make ourselves look like and seem like we are much younger than we are. Uh, when in fact, I think a big thing that's missing in our culture is wisdom. It's elderly wisdom. It's, it's, it's actually aging and being older uh, that's going to actually be the best thing for our community and the people that are around us and yet we avoid that at all costs because oh gosh no 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 I can't I can't be older I can't get old um, for the first time in my life I was uh, on a run and I went down I run uh, usually to the bluffs and back which is an embarrassing run I live on 9th street so it's nine blocks and it's nine blocks back uh, but I ran there and I ran back and I had to pick up wine and beer for our small group uh, and I went into the uh, to the, the bonds that's near our place, and, and I, I had the wine and beer, and all I had was my credit card, and I didn't have my hat on, and you guys can all see I'm, I'm bald as the day is long. Uh, so I, I, went to the, I went to the cashier, and I was like, oh my gosh, I am so sorry. I, I did not bring my ID. And, and she looked at me, and she's like, that's fine. You're, you're old, dude. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Okay, that's the first time that's happened, so we went through it. Uh, but there's, a, there's a, a thing in us that just doesn't want to be called that, right? Like, and yet at the same time, that is such a beautiful thing. The older we get, the more accolades we should be receiving. And yet for some reason, our culture flips that and says, the younger you are, the more relevant you are. And I just don't think that's true. Um, being a youngish person, not youngish enough to get my ID at the bonds, but youngish enough to say, I, I fully appreciate and, and need the voices in my life that are older than I am to inform where I'm going and where I'm moving. And if we don't have those, then we're not doing the right thing. If we're just kind of getting advice from the circle that we have, uh, the friend circle that we have, it's a bubble. And unfortunately, guys, we live in a bubble way too much. I hate to say this, but if you're Googling things and you're doing things, the movie that Omid is working on right now is all about that bubble. It's about the fact that when we Google things, when we Facebook things, they're tracking you and they're making this amazing little bubble that whenever you Google news or whenever you see stuff, you're seeing stuff that you really like to see. And so you agree with it and you go, yes, 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 yes. And I think 
a, a thing that we need to be talking about in the church and we need to be talking about as Christians is that we need to be bursting out of that bubble as much as possible. Because that's the Christian story. It's walking outside of the bubble and saying, what can I learn from the stuff that's not inside my own bubble? Uh, if we're going to learn anything from Simon, it's going to be that. Um, I got the amazing opportunity to do a quinceanera yesterday. Uh, I don't know why I was asked to do this. I'm a white bald man, but they asked me to do this. Uh, and I got to uh, hang with them and, and, and experience this amazing experience. Um, and so this, this 15-year-old named Izzy, uh, I got to walk with her a couple weeks before the ceremony and just getting to know Izzy. If you know anything about a quinceanera, it's, it's basically like, um, it's a coming of age ceremony. It's like a, a bat mitzvah, a bat mitzvah, um, or a, a debutante ball, kind of all thrown into one. Um, but uh, she, their, their family is not very religious. They don't really have like a thing that they're tied to. And so they just wanted the ceremony to be kind of like spiritual, but not religious. And so I got a chance to just kind of talk to Izzy about what that meant and what, where she was at and all that kind of stuff. And so I got to sit down with Izzy, this 15 year old. And I'm thinking, here I am. This, this older person, I'm going to impart so much wisdom upon this, this 15-year-old person. And I sit down with her and I ask her what her interests are and like what she's doing. And, uh, and, and she starts listing off her interests and they are varied and wide and actually very accomplished. She's written a screenplay. She's an avid reader. She's a writer for books. Um, she's been featured on many blogs and many different websites. Um, she horseback rides, she's into psychology, she uh, is on the varsity basketball team and she's a freshman in high school. Uh, and, and the list goes on and on and on and on and on. And so I'm sitting there and I'm going like, you are like a human embodiment of the perfect college application. Like I, I don't, I, I, what am I going to impart to you? Um, but the amazing part was she's like, yeah, but you know, I, I I don't have any kind of, we used to be, um, my family used to be Catholic, and now we're not. Uh, she's got an interesting family situation that kind of broke with the church there. And she's like, I, ju I just kind of want to know about what you do and why you believe it. And so I got a chance to just kind of talk to, with her and talk it through. And I don't know if anything landed, and it's not important if it landed, but the cool part was that I got a chance to actually do that. Um, and in that, I realized that even at 15, Izzy actually seems, that's her name, she actually seems more grown up than I do. <laughs> I was like, I, I would really question the fact if anyone above 30 would ever ask someone, hey, I don't have this stuff and I'm, I'm just kind of interested in it. Could you just tell me something? I mean, how rare is that in our adult lives to actually ask someone, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know what this stuff is and I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not associated with it, so could you give me some information on it? Could I just take this and chew on it a little bit? And I think the problem is, as we get older, we lose that ability to question, right? When we're young, we have every opportunity to ask people who are older than us, like, hey, could you teach me this? Could you teach me this? Because we have all these interests, and then we get to zero into one, and then we really love this and there are people that are like yes I want to teach you how to do this and then when we get to like a certain age we begin to believe the lie that we can't keep pouring into things and we can't keep asking for questions and that's the reason that we have this one arrow Alex do you have that um, it's gonna be back towards the the arrows that we have that slide 
our arrows out, our announcements. So that, yeah, perfect. That's the reason that this is such an important thing for us at Resonate and something that we don't talk about enough is mentors are key. We need people that can pour into us who are more seasoned. And that doesn't mean older or younger. It just means more seasoned in different things. And if we're not doing that, guys, we're going we're gonna to slip up. And we're going to go through undue, undue pain. Like, we don't need to go through that pain. <laughs> there are people who have gone through the pain, and we can learn from them and say, how bad did that hurt? And then we can go, OK, I won't hurt like that. I used this example like a couple of weeks ago where I was like, kids just want to touch the stove, right? Like, don't put your hand on the stove. And we all inevitably do. The thing is, we're not kids anymore, and we don't need to put our hand on the stove, <laughs> right? We have people that have done it, and they've said, oh, it, it, you don't want to do that. It's going to hurt for a really long time. And so we can listen to them and go like, OK, yeah, cool. I'm not going to put my hand on the stove. And yet, for some reason, our culture tells us, don't listen to those people. Keep driving forward. Your life is your life, and it's individual, and it doesn't matter what other people say. Your life is not an individual act. It is a part of a larger story. And if the Bible tells us anything, it's always a part of a larger story. So my biggest piece of advice that I had for Izzy yesterday uh, when I was speaking in front of these people was just, hey, like, just make sure you're pouring into this community. Like, look out at all these people who are here. They're going to be here for you. Just make sure you're leaning into that. Because the sad truth of getting older is that there are going to be risky moments, tough moments that you're going to have to lean into. And these people are the people that are going to come around you to help you do that. The worst thing you can do as an adult, and we all know this, is to embrace cynicism, right? Because life is supposed to be lived abundantly. And we know that from the scripture. God breathes life into us. In fact, our first scripture of the day uh, is from Genesis. Do we have that slide, Alex? Sorry, I'm jumping around on you. It, it should be after all the Mexico slides there. There we go. Ezekiel 37, 5, and he's talking about these dry bones, these dead things, right? And he's saying that life is going to be brought back into them. He says, the Lord God proclaims to these bones, I am about to breathe in you, and you will live again. I'm about to put breath in you, and you will live again. That's the God we, will, we, like we follow. And then secondly, we have this verse, and this is Jesus talking. He says, the thief enters only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came so that they could have life indeed, so that they could live life to the fullest. So, question for you. In modern Christianity, we often view life like it comes somewhere after this. When you read these verses, do you think that this God is a God that doesn't care about the life you're living right now? And in fact, what I would really argue is this God, the God that we're following, cares abundantly for the life you are living right now. The God that gave you life wants you to live your life, <laughs> wants you to live your life to the fullest. The God that gave you life wants to give you life. You shouldn't be avoiding that life or pulling back or getting cynical or, or losing those passions, right? Because as we grow up, we begin to get rid of all the passions that we have. I'm the king of this. 
I have four guitars in my household I have not played in maybe a year and a half, right? Like, I, I went to school, I have a degree in guitar. <laughs> I have not played my guitar in a year and a half. Why? Because I've grown up, right? Like, I don't need that anymore. I'm not using it professionally. Why would I ever play the guitar? But the truth is, like, no, that's something that should bring us joy. So last night, I took out the guitar, I started playing it, and I loved it, <laughs> right? Don't lose the things that initially brought you joy. So try out for that play, sing that song, do that thing, take that job, right? Because your youthful energy is the same energy you should carry through into your older energy. And that's why we need both. Older people can learn from younger people and younger people can learn from older people and they both need each other because we should both be reminded of the symbiotic relationship that we have, right? Like, we have to understand that the younger people, like, that, that little passion and stuff that we can all look at and be like, <laughs> and I, trust me, my brother is an actor. It, it's not going to happen, but I can't tell him that, <laughs> right? Like, I, I'm going to be like, yeah, dude, go after that audition. You got it. We're, we're going to be great. Um, it may happen, and I'm going to be eating my words, and he'll be living in a mansion, and he'll listen to this podcast and go, like, you said that, so you're not getting that car. Anyway, um, <laughs> but there are so many reasons uh, that that we should be encouraging each other and, 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 and getting outside of our bubble. And unfortunately, we all live in little bubbles, right? Age is a huge part of that. And unfortunately, in a city we live in, age is an enormous part of that. We just don't interact with people that aren't within our age bracket. And that's not cool, fair, or, or anything. Um, and that's why I think church is such a unique and beautiful place is because we actually get to like step outside those boundaries and we get to be with people that like we just wouldn't be with to be honest like we we get to be in friendship and in community with people that are just here because they want to hear about jesus and we are all united about this like common thing and yet you would never just be like at the the restaurant you choose to go to the bar you choose to go to the community you choose to hang out with those people aren't going to be there and yet at church they're here so it's a really unique space for us. And it's a space for us to pour out into others. And Jesus talks about this a lot. He talks about um, this idea of new wineskins. He says you can't put new wine into old wineskins. And that just means like the bubble, the literal container, the bubble, the, the old wineskin was something that you put wine into, right? So it was this like skin of an animal that you would pour wine into. And what's fascinating about this analogy that he used, it's not just like a, a thing where like, yeah, obviously it would burst because it's old, but that's not even the truth. The truth is when you pour new wine, new wine in that day was something that wasn't fermented all the way. So if you poured it into a wineskin, it would literally expand to the point that the thing would burst because it couldn't hold it. So a new wineskin could hold new wine because it would expand with the new wine, right? But if you have an old wineskin and you poured new wine and it was gonna expand again, it couldn't take that double expansion, it would just burst. So we're constantly needing to expand our bubble as we pour new wine. Picture new wine, new people. Picture new wine, new wisdom right? New things that come into your life. And there's no better example of this in the scripture uh, than Simon the Tanner. So Simon the Tanner, um, and I'm going to challenge you all. I don't have scripture up here for this for a very specific reason. 
I want you all to read the book of Acts. And I'm going to push you on this. Go home, and in the next two weeks, the next month, whatever you can like carve out, it's a short book in the Bible, I promise you. But it shows so much about new churches, new communities. In fact, it, it, it tells the entire story of the early church. And it's something that if you are in a church community like this, everyone here should read. So I'm not going to put anything up. My challenge to you is go read this uh, and go, go actually engage with this. And if you want to engage with someone, I'm available for coffee. Come hang with me and we can talk through all of these verses. Um, my email is josh at calchurch, or not josh at resonate.church. That was my last church. <laughs> josh at resonate.church. Uh, and then, yeah, you can come to me afterwards. I'll give you my phone number. We can, we can have coffee and we can hang out um, and we can talk through it. But I think Simon the Tanner is one of the most important characters in the Bible, and he only gets a short little kind of blip on the radar screen, right? He's a supporting character, and that's what we're all about in this series. But Simon, uh, so we were just in Israel, uh, my wife and I and, and the Garricks who are here uh, usually, and they have four little children that will run up and take communion, and they're amazing. Um, but we were there with two of their kids, and we baptized them in the uh, Sea of Galilee. It was this incredible trip. Uh, but we, we, our first stop was in uh, Jaffa. And in old school Christianity and in old school Judaism, that place was called Yappa. It was a J-O-P-P-A. Um, it was a port city. And it's just this town where like Jonah actually took off from uh, and, and later Peter takes off from and later Paul takes off from. Um, but we're just, we're sitting there in our little Airbnb and I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is that city? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, oh my goodness. And it, it's, it's not great. I, anyway, uh, it, it was, it was a good, it was a good time. And we walked to, uh, old Jaffa, uh, which is one of the oldest places in the city. And we walk out and, and we're, we we just take this little right hand look and there's this little door and it just says old Jaffa. And we walk up the stairs. And as we walk up the stairs, when we turn right, um, there's this little tiny hut, and it says, home of Simon the Tanner. Now, we don't know if that's the actual home. Like, the truth is, Constantine's mom kind of walked through the city and was just like, that's where he lived, and that's where he died. And that, so it, it's all kind of a mumbo-jumbo. But actually, like, historically, this is one of the ones we can, like, kind of verify, because it's in the right space, and it's all that. Um, and I just, like, stood there, and I was like, oh, my gosh. That's Simon's house. Now, if you've read the scriptures and if you read the book of Acts, which I'm pushing you all to do, you'll learn that like this is the home in which Peter, who's like one of the main disciples, has this vision, and it was on the very roof that I was staring at. So it says in the Bible that Peter was on the roof, and he has this vision. He has this dream from God that all of these animals come down and that he eats like of all of the different unkosher foods. Uh, and he goes through, and it's part of Peter understanding that, like, oh, my goodness, God's kingdom is not just for this little select group of people, but it's for everyone. It's part of Peter's journey of expansion, of getting out of his bubble, right? And even more than that, Simon the Tanner is another guy who has to, like, go, and God tells him, hey, I want you to go, and I want you to meet this guy named Paul. He's named Saul right now, and he's on the road, and you need to bring him back here and he's going to be blind, and you're going to have to, like, nurse him back to health. Uh, but this guy's going to be my man for progressing the gospel and everything. And if you know anything about the story of Saul and Paul, and if you read the book of Acts, again, you will learn 
uh, he was not a nice guy. <laughs> At that point, that was God asking Simon to go after a murderer of his people. And yet Simon goes, I'll step outside my bubble and I'll go get this guy, right? So this little man had an epic, epic, epic kind of story within the Bible that moved everything along because he was brave enough to step outside his bubble. He's brave enough to say, okay, I'll, I'll go, I'll go get this Paul guy, this Saul guy, and I'll bring him back, and I'll get this Peter guy. Now, he's stepping outside his bubble, and that's fascinating enough, and you'd hear that in any church, but what's really fascinating is that he was in himself a bubble that everyone in his path had to step through to actually embrace him. If you actually look up what a tanner was in those days, it was unkosher, it was unclean, which meant that like no one should go near this person, otherwise they couldn't do their daily dues in the temple, they couldn't engage with their religious society, they couldn't engage with their family. If you touched someone that was unclean, you just basically couldn't be around your family. It's an insane thing, but that's what like the reality was in that day. So a tanner was someone who was compared to someone, and I looked this up, who picks up dog feces. And then I thought about my own life, and I have a little puppy, and I was like, I am someone that picks up dog feces. But it, it is, it is the, that, was the, that was the sort of accolade for someone of that measure in that day. If you were a tanner, you smelt bad, like, because you were literally, like, skinning animals, tanning them. You, you, you weren't clean. You were always kind of walking around dirty. And it's possible, some scholars say, that he was just a very rich man and he had a tanning business, so like he could just go there and tanning different than LA, but a tanner business um, that, that he had, that he could do that. But uh, the more likely thing is he was actually just a tanner and he was doing some really dirty work that put him outside of the temple work, right? Put him outside the religious institution and for some reason, he's a person in Acts that we look to and we go, oh my gosh, this guy's got serious faith, right? So when we see the story of Peter coming to him, that's a big deal. Peter's coming and he's actually staying, if, when we read the book of Acts, he's staying with Simon in his home. That's an enormous religious no-no. You don't do that. You don't walk through that door. And then for Paul on the road, Saul at that time, right, to be picked up by a tanner, if he is a tanner and if he's doing that work, there would have been a smell to him. So when he picks him up and he says, hey, I'm gonna take you back with me, Paul would have known right away, this is a no-no. And at the same time, he would have gone, yeah, I guess, but my world's changing anyway, let's go for it, right? Because he stepped outside his bubble. He was knocked outside of his bubble. And Simon always stepped outside of his bubble. And all of that is an example of you going like, it's not in my control, it's in someone else's control. My life is not in my hands, it's in someone else's hands. The biggest example I have of that, and it's a very sad example this week, is um, I don't know if you guys heard about this, if, because again, I'm in a Google bubble, but um, a musician named Eddie Money died this week. Does anybody know who Eddie Money is? We get, okay, young people have no idea. Um, Eddie Money uh, had, was an extreme rock icon in like the 80s uh, and had 
numerous hits, Two Tickets to Paradise, Shaken, Take Me Home Tonight. Um, I actually got the unique opportunity to get to know Eddie uh, for a number of years. He went to the last church that I was a part of, um, and he actually played at our church. And to show you that, and please don't judge my hat choice in this video, but I just want to show you a video of me playing with Eddie. And then the other musician there is Edgar Winter, uh, who is far more famous than Eddie Money, but it, it's just a fascinating watch. So it's only like 30 seconds long. Do we have that video? What's that? What? Sound? Oh, uh, Tom, do we have the sound there? There we go. That's me playing guitar. Um, basically, Eddie came to me uh, one Sunday and he said, hey, Josh, and he had this like kind of very, um, I don't know, like a, like a Roger Dangerfield kind of accent. He was like, hey, uh, Josh, I, I want to play a song. And I was like, who are you? And, and he was like, I'm, I'm Eddie Money. And I was like, I don't know who you are. So I had to look up who Eddie Money was. Then I, then I looked up and then I figured out, oh my gosh, this is like a very famous musician. He wants to play at our church. Uh, and I called him on the phone. I said, we'd love to have you come play. What do you want to do? And he's like, I want to do a Christmas concert. And I was like, great. What, what kind of Christmas concert? He's like, I want to hire my buddy, Edgar Winter, and I want to come and I want to play a Christmas concert at church. And I need you to put together the band. And I was like, what are you talking about? So I had to go for five hours to a rehearsal studio with Edgar Winter and Eddie Muddy, where he put us through some of the craziest songs in his catalog, and honestly the worst because he wasn't legally allowed to play any of the good ones at our church. And so I had to like sit there and like, like listen to him. But one of the ones that he played, and he just passed away, uh, one of the ones that he played uh, was a song that he sang to me over the phone, acapella, because he, didn't, he couldn't use Gmail. Um, but he sang to me over the phone, and he, he, it was called I Put My Life in Your Hands. And the tragic thing about Eddie is that people often put him in like a category of like a funny person or like kind of he's on Geico commercials and he's kind of a joke, he's playing state fairs, whatever. The amazing thing about Eddie is that he had an alcohol problem and a drug problem that left him unable to walk for two years of his life. And he overcame that. And then he got in a marriage that was amazingly stable. He had five beautiful kids. And he wrote this song called I Put My Life in your hands. And I flippantly kind of observed that, we played that song, and it wasn't until this week when he passed that I listened to that again and I realized, oh my goodness, Eddie was way wiser than I may ever be. The whole point of life and stepping outside your bubble is actually placing your life in someone else's hands. It's saying, I'm gonna, outpour this to you, to you, to you, and even more than that, to something way bigger than ourselves and for us, that's Jesus Christ, right? I'm gonna put my life in someone else's hands. And so even in his passing and in all the weirdness that I had to deal with with that, which was a very weird Sunday, I was able to take that and go, wow, that guy had it a little more together than I do, and now I can take that and move forward. And I stepped outside my own bubble to realize that.
So this week, I challenge you not only to read the book of Acts, but to step outside your own bubble, and we all have one, whether you like it or not. You are a bubble creature. <laughs> step outside those bubbles. Interact with someone outside of that. Do something good. Let me pray for us. God, I just thank you for, um, for those bubble moments that we get to actually get outside of ourselves and, and do something risky and amazing and great. And, and it's scary. And so I pray for everyone in here that they would have the courage to step forth uh, and do something like that this week. Amen.